ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله ارسله الله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله ولو كره الكافرون ولو كره المشركون ولو كره المنافقون اما بعد فقد قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال عز وجل في كتابه الكريم لقد جاءكم رسول من انفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم فان تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا اله الا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن احدكم حتى احب لله وابغض لله واعطى لله ومنع لله وصدق الله العظيم وصدق رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى sent the rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bil huda wa din al haq with guidance in the way of truth the way of supreme truth in front of which nothing else has any value so that its perfection and its superiority can be made manifest over all other ways. The life of this country is very interesting right now. One week after the other after the other, something completely different than the week before happens, which is either catastrophic or unprecedented. So this week, we see that there is a run on shorted stocks in the stock exchange. What is a shorted stock? A shorted stock is a stock in which essentially to save time, in which investors essentially place bets on a stock that that stock is going to decrease. Has nothing to do with increasing any sort of economic output. You're not selling any tangible good. You're not buying any tangible good. You're not investing in anything, although it's called investment, but it's the same thing like usury is called interest in this country. It's a complete euphemism. It's a bet, it's a gamble. And it is a, it is a gamble that hurts real companies. Because when large investors, institutional investors, quote unquote, will short a stock, the rest of the market pays attention and they start to sell that stock, that stock devalues. And what ends up happening? It affects real people with real jobs. It affects real stores. It affects the rents that those stores pay to have a place in a real building. It affects the real marketplace, even though it itself is a complete gamble. So what happened? A group of people artificially pumped up the price of a shorted, a shorted stock and then attempted to do so with a couple of other stocks. And it caused the market to go into complete panic. A large capital group valued over $15 billion completely collapsed. 
And now the country is completely up at arms. So there is a group of people who are in favor of the uh, Wall Street current system and the quasi-monopolistic grasp on these publicly traded companies that they have through their access to mind-boggling and ultimately unreal amounts of capital. Because when they talk about all of these billions, don't think that there's actually that many billion dollars of money printed. They're all zeros in a machine. This is the issue. If only $100 exists in this world, and Abu Akram has it. And so I said, this is my amul, this is, this, this is the guy, he never lets me down. So I need to borrow $100. So if he says to me, here, you can borrow the $100, son, just pay me back $100. He's a believer, that's what he would do. But if he was not a believer, he would say, give me back $150 after a month. Now only $100 exists in the world, how am I gonna pay him $150 back? All I can pay him is the 100 that exists, right? And then I'll be in his slavery. This is a very simple understanding. All of the ancient people knew it. The Christians knew it. The Jews knew it. The Jews know it to this day. There's a bank in Chicago, the Devon Bank. It's run by Jews, Orthodox Jews. They deal with our community because there are still some people who hold the line and don't transact in riba, in, 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 in haram, and ill-gotten wealth. And so they are accustomed to what? Doing these non-usurious transactions amongst themselves, but they'll take usury and riba from people outside of their community. But they said, okay, the Muslims won't do business with us like that, then let them do business with us like they're one of us. Usury is still considered a major sin in the Catholic Church. They just did something, which is what? The Prophet ﷺ mentioned that so many things, the zina and drinking and all these things, the ummah is going to... Uh, uh, indulge in them before the day of judgment and they'll say that these things are permissible and the companions were like flabbergasted they said how could this happen the Rasul said will they say that it's halal even though it's obviously haram in one narration the Prophet told them that they'll just call these things by names other than what their names are so we switch from usury into interest it's the same thing it's the same reality part of the reason that the Protestant Reformation was so successful in Europe was that the Protestants were the first to break with the church's ban on usury. So you see all of this, the British East India Company, the Dutch East India Company, all of these huge economic powerhouses. They start in the, Catholic, uh, sorry, the Protestant countries of Europe because they were the first ones to embrace this usurious, predatory way of transacting. And they made their wealth through what? to smash and grab capitalism, through conquering other countries, completely laying waste to those countries to the point that many of them, including the countries that we're from, are dysfunctional to this day. Extracting the capital and then going back home. Nobody, it's not my problem anymore. Just like happened in this country with the subprime mortgage scandal not too long ago. Predatory lending for an asset which is solid, the house is going to be there, the idea is you can recover it, there are, this scam, is, it works with used cars as well. People will sell a car to somebody with a hefty down payment knowing that they can't pay back for the car. They just repossess it later on. These are things the Rasul came to end these things. You cannot have an economy that has cancerous growth constantly. You cannot have a viral growth constantly unless you're cancer, unless you're a virus. And we were taught to live in such a way that what? That we benefit ourselves and we benefit other people around us. 
If you're a believer, if you're a believer, if you're a believer, your every breath is a breath of Jannah. Your every deed is a deed of Jannah. Your every action is an action of Jannah. If you're a businessman, if you're a worker who works in order to earn a living, everything you sell in your store, this is the merchandise of Jannah. Every hour that you make your wages, this is an hour of Jannah, these are the wages of Jannah. We don't have, if you're just here, that you're going to be Muslim for two hours on a Friday or for half an hour on a Friday or 15 minutes on a Friday and then go back to a different life. I have bad news for you. That life is worthless and this coming to the Jummah is also worthless except for the fadl of Allah Ta'ala. If we make money at the expense of other people, then I have bad news for you that money will be a curse in this world and the day of judgment it's going to be a bigger curse. If you follow the teachings of Rasulullah know there are entire nations of the earth that entered into this Islam without one soldier or one army being sent from overseas. Shaykh Abdul Rahman is sitting right here. His entire qawm entered into Islam. Indonesia is the most populous Muslim country in the world. Malaysia. Before the Inquisition was opened in the Philippines, Philippines was a majority Muslim country. There was no Muslim army ever came to conquer these places. What was it? Good Muslim traders who would trade, buy, sell honestly and with ease, not be cheap with people. And they would say a good word to the people around them. What's the problem and what's the munasabah, the connection with why am I talking about this? In the context of GameStop's stock being pumped through the sky. The idea is this is, it's illustrated by an anecdote with regards to a great waliyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rabi al-Basriya, rahimahullah, from the Aslaf, that she came across a group of people, religious people, who were sitting around having a discussion about how horrible the dunya is. And then after listening for a while, she said, you people are the ones most obsessed with the dunya. All I've heard you do is talk about the dunya. Why is it that this country is exalting? that Melvin Capital, some multi-billion dollar capital group came down. Is it going to solve your problems or my problems? Absolutely not. It's completely spite. And I'm also happy that they went down. I think that these types of predatory outfits are completely useless. But in the bigger picture, it doesn't help me, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help us put food on the table in this world, nor does it help us go to Jannah. What do we need is we need a real solution. We need to transact in halal in such a way that it benefits us and it also benefits those people around us. So that they can think inside of their head that these people have such a good economic system, maybe their spiritual system is useful as well. And that's the foz alim. That's the great victory. But instead, what are we doing? We're sitting here daydreaming about our place in this system that is completely bonkers. It's completely, it makes no sense. It's about to collapse on itself. It's about to collapse on itself. And what we should be thinking is like, wow, this is a really weird system. Nothing changed yesterday or last week, from last week until next week, nothing changed about this company. The stores are all the same, the merchandise is all the same, the level at which they buy and sell, the profit margins are all the same, the employee numbers are all the same. Why, how strange is it that the stock price is going to go up 15 times and then it's gonna crash and it's probably gonna be lower next week than it was today. And the entire system has to contort in strange ways. 
such that small investors at the level of people like myself are no longer allowed to buy the stock. You go log on to Robinhood or onto all these other day trading platforms, it will only let you sell the stock, it won't let you buy, so as to extract very wealthy people from their precarious positions in the stock that are overshorted. How does this solve a problem? All it is is we're beholden to the problem. This is from the hikmah of the Arabs. They say, don't look at the destroyed one and comment about how destroyed he is. If you want to be successful, look at the one who made it and then ask, how did this person make it? See, how did this person make it? But what have we done? We've sufficed ourselves with a version of Islam that was handed to us by a number of governments that have no care for Allah and His Rasul which is constricted into what? Into fancy recitations or into uh, a couple of bizarre and obscure polemical points that are minority positions at best and to make a big deal out of, out of these things. Whereas if you want to have a community that functions, you have to think bigger than these types of things. You want to talk about capital? When you put a dollar in the bank, the bank turns around and loans that dollar 10 times and charges riba on that, that dollar for every 10 of those times that, that, that they loan it out. Tell me, how is that even possible? It's all a fraud. It's all a fraud. But what does that mean? When you pull $1 out of the bank, what did you do? You pulled $10 out of their liquidity pool. And we, every day, the maximum Islamic finance type question I get from people is what? Shaykh, is this Islamic mortgage really Islamic? And I take my time, I explain, you know, the difference between this, that, and the other thing. You can ask, we can talk about it, it's no problem. But why is it in this room there's enough capital? We could buy 10 houses every week. And we could pay each other back. And there's ways within the Sharia that it could be profitable. Instead of being a lender, you can be an investor. You can model the, structure the, the contract in such a way that the one lending the money, instead of lending it, be an investor, be a partner in the, in the house that's being bought. You can actually make money on it. But what is it? Because out of those 100 houses that will be sold in the year, between us, bought and sold on cash, one person won't pay back, and they'll say, oh look, you know, I'm not here to be like the Beitul Mal for the Muslims, and I don't want to get cheated. So what, I'm gonna, what am I going to do? I'm going to go and do business and invest all my money with the very cheaters that are going to be the ones that actually destroy us one day. That are the ones who waged war on our forefathers. That are the reason why black people are poor in this country and white people have access to opportunities that they don't. Not because of black and white, look at me. By American race standards, I'm neither black nor my white. Who am I going to cast my lot in? With. But what I know is what? The Pharaonic model, the model of tyranny, which is the archetype of tyranny and of, of, of evil in a government, which is in the Qur'an mentioned again and again and again is what? Fir'aun exalted himself in the earth and he divided people and, 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 and made them into tears so that they can all fight and resent one another. And whoever does that, it's a sign for me from the book of Allah Ta'ala that these are not the people we want to cast our lot in with. I'm just the imam. I don't have the capital to make these things happen. These are solutions. My part is to what? Discuss them with the people. 
The people's part is also that we take each other by the hand and we invest in these things, we make them a reality, we make them happen, even if we don't buy and sell a hundred houses between us every year. We should at least choose to do business with each other. The Rasul sallallahu himself, the first thing when he came to Medina Munawwara, what did he do? He built the masjid. The second, we, mashallah, what a wonderful masjid. Look at that, the chandelier as like some legendary story I have yet to hear, but people talk about it. What is the thing that he did sallallahu alayhi wasallam right after the masjid was built? He asked, where do you people transact? And they said, the Jews have a marketplace. They set the price that they buy and sell at, and we're forced to basically buy and sell according to their prices and according to their regime. Did he say anything bad about the Jews? No. He said, why don't we have our own marketplace? Good for them. Let them do what they want with their money. Why don't we have our own marketplace? Why is it that we don't have our own marketplace? This is something we need to think about. We need to look inside about and talk about it. Instead of rejoicing, oh look, uh, some you know, capital group that we don't like fell apart. We need to think about how are we going to survive rather than rejoicing that other people are destroyed. Why? Because our number isn't there in the line as well. We're lambs to the slaughter in the same nonsensical system. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us hidayah and give us the tawfiq to gather the courage to do those things that we need to in order to survive and also in order to thrive, in order to be successful. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa rasulihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa aqulu